Welcome aboard. This is your Captain Johnny. And first mate Jess, thank you for joining us on our chaotic journey through fan fiction. This podcast will contain adult situations and themes. I would strongly suggest using caution when listening in public. But what do I know? We do not own these stories or characters. They're just along for the ride upon the Ships of Chaos. Welcome back to another episode of Ships of Chaos. I'm Johnny. And I'm Jess. And uh, this week we're going to be finishing up Chapter 2 of Radio Tower. Yeah, that's. I'm so excited. Are you excited to finish Chapter 2? Um, yeah, so I don't know if we want to dive into the recap. Let's, um, let's talk about my Teen Wolf so far. I think I, I think I've only gotten towards the end of tra- Season 1. Towards the end of season one. Yeah. yeah. I don't know a lot of what's going on. I watch it kind of in the background as I'm working. Um, Derek's still really hot, even with those red eyes. <laughs> even when he's in beta form and he's yeah. like all hairy and stuff. Yeah. That's I'm... really all that I've picked up. I mean, I think I think I struggle a lot with a lot of like season ones of shows because it's like a lot of like setup introductions to characters and it's just like slow. Well, in my opinion, I love Teen Wolf, but in yeah. my opinion, like season one and two are good, but the show really didn't hit its stride until season three. Uh, I'll keep that in mind. You got, I mean, I, I got to truck through season one and two to get there, but I will eventually. I mean, it's not a bad show. It's a, it's a good listen. Yeah. Maybe because I'm just not paying a lot of attention to it because I'm work. I'm like uh, listening to it while I'm working, but I mean, it's not a bad show. It has a good storyline. Yeah, it does. Oh, we're actually on the last episode of season two at my mom's house. You'll be going into season three. Awesome. Yeah. Which is one of my favorites because we get more sarcastic styles. We get more time with Danny. Yeah, I'm looking forward to season three, but I just got to get through the other ones to get there. Yeah. And in my opinion, season three is when the writers are going like, we got together and we're deciding how far can we push Styles before he just officially breaks. That's how I feel about season three. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. All right, I'll get there. I'll I'll, I'll get into it. Now, Jess, how about you give us a recap of last week's episode? Gulp. Okay, so last week, um, last week nothing super big and eventful happened we got to have a little bit of a heart-to-heart moment with Derek and Styles. they're doing some gardening together um they're really just learning to trust each other and I think they have a good conversation about how Styles is feeling about leaving the radio tower and going with Derek any other points that you would add Johnny I need to I need to check something real quick. Okay, so what did Styles tell Derek like the last paragraph of that section? So he looks at Derek and he says, "Are you sure my dad is still alive?" And Derek says, "Yes, your dad is still alive." He said, "Then it'll be worth it." Oh, okay. Yeah, I remember this. I remember I don't know if I'm confusing this with the first part of chapter two, um, the end of chapter one or the first part of chapter two, but I remember Derek having this talk of, if I'm lying, then where you are, it's safe and you can sustain here. But if I'm telling the truth, then your dad is alive. Yeah. And at the end of, chap- of chapter two, part one, Styles agrees to go with Derek to look for his dad. He says, it'll be worth it if my dad's alive. I will go with you. I will go with you. Awesome. That was the most important part, I think, of last week is Styles agreeing to leave his radio tower to go with Derek into the wilderness and find his dad. Right, because at this point, they really don't have a vehicle either because the car that Derek was traveling with died um and then he just kind of followed the river and human scent to where styles is to be fair his car didn't die oh it's not dead 
No, he just doesn't couldn't. he say didn't he say it sputtered out uh, uh sixty no, that miles? Was, that was Styles' car. Oh. Derek's car, he stopped driving because the forest, the woods okay. got too dense for him to continue. Okay. So the car's just fine. He just left it a while back. Okay, okay. I'm I'm with you now. I We're think the same story. <laughs> that if if that Camaro were to die, I'd be so sad. It, and is it the Camaro? I mean, they haven't said anything about what vehicle he's driving in this story, but is it the Camaro? Yeah, it's the Camaro. Ooh, sexy. Ah, nice. I think he said something about it being a Camaro. I'm not sure. <laughs> Maybe. I'm not sure. Obviously, I forgot that his car was still okay. In the show, it's like a 2012 Camaro, black Camaro, and I want that car so bad. It is a very nice. I still think I would prefer the Jeep over Camaro. I'm just a... See, I would like to have the Jeep because it's an 87 and I love cars from 87. Only because that's my, my birth year. It's the best year ever. Because Johnny was born. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's all the important stuff we needed to know. I mean, Styles was walking around doing his thing and Derek is following him because he's afraid that Styles is going to injure himself further. At and one point, doesn't Derek pick up like the watering cans and walk off with them? I'm assuming to maybe fill them to help him start gardening. Yeah, he he took yeah. the watering pails and went to fill them. So so Styles didn't have to. Anyway, into my reel. <laughs> but yeah, you re are you ready to dig into part two? Yeah, let's get into part two. Okay. It was amazing how relieving companionable silence was in comparison to his own lonely rambling. Derek was largely a man of few words, but Styles learned dry humor. He also had probably the best manners, yet the most stubborn nature to contrast them. For two nights, he slept in the old, worn chair that had probably once been comfortable when the original owner had sat in it ignoring Stiles' offer to take turns in the bed. Stiles had dug out his old sleeping bag for him in the end, though it seemed both of them were struggling to adjust to sleeping with someone else so close by. On the third day, Stiles insisted his ankle felt stronger and made for the door, declaring that he usually caught and ate fish for dinner, not vegetable medley, three times a day. Derek actually stood in front of the door to stop him when Styles ignored his initial protest that his body was still recovering. I'm going to read that sentence again. Okay. Derek actually stood in front of the door to stop him when Styles ignored his initial protest that his body was still recovering, if not from the fall, then the wounds on his chest. Styles leveled a disbelieving glare at him. Seriously? I appreciate the concern, but you are way out of line, buddy. When Derek didn't when Derek still didn't move, he stepped forward, immune to the scowl. Listen, this is my territory you're on. I didn't last this long by playing Robin to someone else's Batman, alright? Derek raised his thick brow at him. Well, I didn't save you so you could break your damn neck before you've even finished your course of antibiotics. I like that smile on your face. Yeah, I just, I mean, we said it before. It's true. He's gone through a lot of work to keep this guy alive. And I mean, for Styles to still like argue with him about it, I mean, he's just trying to take care of you. Yeah. <laughs> let, let it happen. They're both so stubborn. They're very stubborn. I think Styles is being more stubborn at the moment. I think Derek's just like, dude, go, just go lay down. I, you know, I'll take care of you. You're fine. Yeah, Eat but he, vegetable medley. <laughs> he spent the last two years like so um, independent, so self sufficient, and now somebody else is trying to do it for him, and he's fighting against it. So back to our broadcast. Really, the worry, the simple idea of there being someone who wanted to care for him was appreciated, but he'd rarely done as he was told, even before the world ended. He wasn't about to start now. He'd been on his own too long. 
to just accept another's orders so easily. Besides, if there had been anything he'd learned from trying to work around the sheriff, it was ha how to sidestep the co confrontation. When Derek seemed convinced Stiles was going to stay put and headed off alone to find something that wasn't a berry, vegetable, or fruit for dinner, Stiles gave him time to get a food get a good distance away before snatching up the supplies he needed he i'm kind of hungry i'm sorry no <laughs> it does say food distance though we can edit this but out. i knew but i was like i was like what is a food distance <laughs> yeah see i knew it was good but i still said yeah. food. yeah i mean that makes more sense and i you know yeah i get it but yeah. i think i'm hungry too okay my, my mom and i were just talking about getting some thai food for dinner <laughs> so let me start over on that complete sentence that that, 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 that that paragraph let me start the paragraph over okay okay when Derek seemed convinced Stiles was going to stay put and headed off alone to find something that wasn't a berry vegetable or fruit for dinners Stiles gave him time to get a good distance away before snatching up the supplies he needed he was as quiet-footed as he could be with a slight limp, but he was also a lot more mobile than he had been the other day. There was still an ache to his limbs when he moved, a tightness across his healing chest, but he could do this much at least, and he would. It wasn't about fishing. It was about keeping his independency and not letting himself depend on anyone else to keep him going. There was a subtle incline down to the stream that was an easier trip to make than the lake he drew water from, or even further upstream where he could fish from. He hadn't hobbled beyond the clearing since Derek had appeared and had made do with washing br brusquely, brusque, brusquely mm -hmm. in a bowl, unable to make it this far for a more thorough wash. He wasn't sure what bothered him more, the total obliteration to his routine or the uncomfortable, unclean feeling that had built over the last few days. It wasn't that he was body shy or worried about Derek accompanying him down the stream. It was more that he wanted to do it himself, prove it, prove it, prove it to himself and Derek. That and that rebellious spark in him that was determined to defy Derek's insistence that he stay put. Derek had only insisted that he hadn't recovered enough for fishing after all. This was as much of a declaration of independence as any other. See, he's so stubborn. He is very stubborn, but I kind of get it. I mean, yeah. he, he just wants to prove to this burly, muscular guy that he can survive on his own. He doesn't need anybody else. I love how you keep just describing him as burly and muscular. I mean, is there <laughs> any other way to describe him tall, dark, and handsome? Tall, dark, and handsome does very well. <laughs> Back to our broadcast. He couldn't rely on someone else. Not if it meant getting comfortable, sharing the load, only to have to learn to do it all alone again. He couldn't do that again. The water of the stream had a cool bite as he stripped off and stepped carefully into the water. It wasn't freezing with the warmth of the waning summer, but still startling cold as evening drew in and it sent a jolt through his body. He shuddered, keeping the crossbow within reach as he so stooped to the wall so the ah ba, 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 ba. keeping the crossbow within reach as he stooped so the water covered him careful not to rest too much pressure on his still healing ankle it must have been all right to walk on just but he wanted to be careful the bank jutted out enough that he got that he could lower himself down into the water and scrub himself hastily with the homespun herb herb based paste that was his soap replacement it was a crude recipe that but enough that he didn't miss deodorant too much either if he was diligent another blessing from the books he collected on his travels as his supplies had started to dwindle if anyone from Beacon Hills could see him now, a regular walking survival guy, he thought they wouldn't believe their eyes. He almost couldn't believe it himself. I want to know this recipe for this scrub. 
it most likely been luck, really. He hadn't done anything or used anything, any particular skill aside from intuition and desperation. The knowledge that he couldn't just keep going when he'd stuck gold in a little hobby farm just before the town of Fort Salva... Salve when he'd struck gold in a little hobby farm just before the town of Fort Salvada, Salve, Salveda. I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing that wrong. Who, if anybody lives there, he'd known he'd have to find somewhere nearby to settle before his luck ran out. They'd had some neat seeds, tools, a little bookshelf library dedicated to self-sufficiency, even an overgrown herb and vegetable garden he'd taken clippings from. It probably saved his life, yet he thought bleakly back then that it still hadn't helped the original homesteaders make it when the wolves had descended. There had been enough evidence in the town that they had been a victim of the wolves and not something else. Stiles scrubbed himself a little harder at the memory of the carnage. Luck. That had been the only difference between him and them. He wasn't smarter or faster or stronger. He didn't have an army at his back or supernatural powers. It was just all luck. So I wonder if he's carrying a lot of guilt with him. I think so. Yeah. Because he thinks about this a lot, that he's just lucky, and there's so many other people out there that haven't been as lucky as him. Yeah, and just, yeah. So... Thinking back about how others just didn't at all make it. Yeah. It's kind of sad. When his skin looked pink from scrubbing in spite of the chilly, softly flowing water, Stiles looked down at the wet bandages with a grimace. He'd forgotten them. Tentatively, he peeled, off, peeled at the edges where they were secured and unraveled them slowly. The muscles in his shoulder and back protested lightly at the stretching but it was a pain he could handle. Blood he still wasn't too good with, even after all this time, and he hesitated for a beat before setting the bandages aside and staring down at his chest. Four sharp lines of angry red lay across his flesh, thin but deep. Or they had been, at least. They still looked stark against his lightly sun-kissed skin, but they were definitely closed. He held his breath as he prodded lightly along the edge of one of the claw marks. It ached, stung a little, but they were no longer open wounds. Submerging himself in the stream made him catch his breath, inflicted a sharp prickle of cold. It was a relief all the same, a soothing numbness of his lingering soreness. He dragged his fingers through his hair and scalp, then stopped. Everything stopped. He pushed up, breaking the surface of the familiar jolt of awareness along the back of his neck. He lunged for his crossbow on the jut of the bank and swung to face the trees, only to relax at the sight of Derek's raised brow. Do you ever do what you're told? Derek asked, a large brown bird hanging from his arm, a sign of a successful hunt. And the answer is that is no. <laughs> No, he does not. Styles nope. does not do what he's told. <laughs> Did you really expect him to? I love, like, he's just holding a bird there, just looking at him, like, come on, man. I, I can, in my head, I'm picturing, like, a foot-tapping moment, like, arms crossed in front of him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm just kind of looking at Styles, like, he doesn't care. Zero fucks. <laughs> He has no regrets. <laughs> okay. Styles dropped the crossbow back on the bank and swept his wet hair from his face. Riblets of water trailing down his nose, lip, and jaw. Not since I can remember, he replied flippantly, dashing water from his face. When his eyes and sinuses were fully clear of water from his panic jerk up from the surface, he realized that Derek was still watching him unmoving and flushed a little at the unexpected scrutiny. He hoped when he was crouched down at the bank and finished washing up a little more thoroughly than before that his flush wasn't entirely obvious. You should have been more careful about getting water in the wound, Derek said after a moment. You don't know what's in that water. Yeah, 
Styles offered prodding at his ankle a bit in search of a distraction, satisfied with only the minor tenderness and reduction in swelling. I washed in this stream near enough every day and haven't caught anything yet, and the wound is all closed up. Derek definitely had a superiority complex. He seemed to have been having a hard time subduing the urge to mind styles, and even though some of his orders and advice may, be, may have been right after being alone for so long, it was hard for Styles to heed him. Even before the world ended, he and his dad had sort of been equals in their household, both of them chipping to, together to keep it running in between his dad's job and Styles' schoolwork. Oh, he said as it struck him and his glance up to see Derek still watching him, apparently ob oblivious to the nudity. A werewolf thing, Styles decided as he continued. I get it. You're an alpha. Derek frowned, visibly suspicious of where Styles was going with this. You're an alpha, so you have this instinctual urge to take charge, set the perimeter ensure a food supply, care for the pack, right? Styles stood as unselfconsciously un as he could and reached for an old rough towel he'd scavenged long ago. I get it, I do, but I'm not really up for the whole beta big guy. I don't think even my dad really expected me to follow his orders half the time. I was always... Yeah, meow, meow. I was always a bit of a headstrong kid. You just got this look on your face. I was going to say, are we working on our rendition of Cats? <laughs> I got my mom's cat's attention. <laughs> Back to our broadcast. Derek gave him a look that clearly said, uh, am I meant to be surprised? Reckless, he corrected. Styles snorted. I've heard that before. He managed to clothe his lower body with minimal awkwardness by avoiding Derek's eyes. But as he reached for his shirt, still careful of his injuries, Derek's voice stilled him. You've healed well. Styles couldn't help but notice that Derek seemed confused by that. Is that a bad thing, he, he prodded? No, you're just healed really well. More than I expected, that's all. He seemed to want to say more than that, ask more than that. But by the time Styles had zipped up his hoodie against the oncoming chill and dragged the towel through his damp hair, Derek was still just watching him. Styles thought he looked assessing, like he was trying to figure out Styles and his bag of supplies. Uh, sorry, did you want to... Styles trailed off pointly and gestured with his towel and bag of supplies. It was unhygienic and maybe a little gross to offer the towel, but he felt like Derek was waiting for something. I washed up this morning before I fetched the water, Derek said, leaving Styles still clueless as to what was running through his mind. You're not pescatarian, are you? Derek gestured to the bird in his hand. Because of my fish, berry, veggie diet? Nah. Stiles said, picking up his crossbow and his dirty clothes and heading back in the direction of the tower, Derek falling easily into stride beside him. I like the eating, just not the uh, hunting. I sort of talk to the animals around here, and I'm sort of... He didn't want to say squeamish, but Derek was smart enough he probably got it. Sort of makes me a hypocrite, I know. Wanting to eat the meat, but not kill it. Derek She's shrugged. like Disney princessing in the woods. Yeah. <laughs> you should see some of the fan art people make of Styles as a Disney princess. He's like a beautiful princess. Oh. He, Styles is just so adorable. <laughs> yeah. But I, I picture him, he's talking to the animals and singing, and they're helping him do housework. Like eight years ago, when Teen Wolf started, 
It started in 2012, eight years ago. He was like this fresh-faced 21-year-old, adorable, and now he's doing movies like American Assassin and not a baby anymore. The, the Education of Frederick Fitzel. And he's got a beard and he's just not a baby anymore. He's gone from like this adorable thing to like hunky man. Not a Disney princess. <laughs> no, he is not a Disney princess. He is all man. And I watched Deepwater Horizon yesterday and I'm still crying. I was like, Styles, get away from the pipe. Styles, get away from the pipe. And my friend's like, um, that's not Styles. That's Caleb. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah he, he is no longer a Disney princess he is all man but he wasn't a Disney princess then either but he was all pretty where were we Derek shrugged sure but that's no different than most humans Styles gave a snort of a laugh <laughs> thanks dude I'll take that as a compliment. He wasn't sure if it was because he hadn't had meat of the non-fish variety in so long or because he hadn't eaten something he hadn't made in what felt like an eternity. But when they came to the roasted bird Derek had caught, it was the most delicious thing he had had in years. The fact that he had more than his own voice for company probably didn't hurt either. Da, 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 da. We're about halfway through now. What do you think so far? It's uh, it's really good. I think they're starting to open up to each other just a little bit more. They're having like a little sweet moment. It's not a sweet moment. I mean, I think they're just starting to be more real with each other and like actually realize the others there. I mean, Styles for sure more. So I just realize. Derek's just around. I just got an announcement on my phone that my computer's dying, and I plugged my charger into the wall, but this is what needs to go into the computer, and it is not in there. That would help. <laughs> that would help. But, yeah, they're, they're starting to trust each other more, and... I they're at least opening up with each other. Yeah. And Derek is, like, he's getting a bit annoyed with Styles, but... <laughs> I mean, I think he's learning the nuances of what styles is you know yeah oh, styles and his stubbornness <laughs> he needed a bath i mean who's he gonna did. start smelling <laughs> and to be fair his wounds were completely closed but he didn't know that until he got into the yeah. water but he still needed a bath he was stinky yeah all of us want that time to just shower yeah especially when you have just somebody else around you who's obviously very attractive you don't, you don't want to smell well he still he still doesn't find Derek attractive yet we don't know that <laughs> I mean he he did we it's do in have his that mind maybe he told the birds that he was singing to <laughs> he we, he did have that blushing moment when he's naked and Derek is just looking at him yeah and he's like I've gotta get dressed but this person is yeah <laughs> see where were we are we going to do a time jump? No, they're still at dinner. Okay. The light in the old radio tower was muted orange from the candlelight. The creaking wood only background noise to the companionable silence that filled the room. They were both sitting cross-legs on the well-worn rug, focused on the stack of cards Styles had used for solitaire so many times that the edges were worn. The candles were arranged around them to give them light, as Derek taught Styles to play gin after patiently indulging him in countless rounds of snaps. I don't think I've ever played snaps. I've never played snaps. I've played gin. Gin is fun. Big gin. Not familiar with rep snap. So. <clears throat> Curly fries, Pepsi, Pop Tarts, Doritos. Mm -hmm. Styles continued mournfully. Gears of a War. Man, do you know how much I could have used an Xbox in the last couple of years? It's a wonder you didn't drive yourself crazy if all you've done is list the things you wish you had. Derek said, shuffling the cards for the next round. It's an indulgence I gave up years ago for the sake of my sanity. 
Styles conceded, taking up his little stack of ten cards Derek had dealt and turned them to face him without really seeing what they were. At first it had been just something to distract him from the less material things he really missed, but at the end it started to make him resent their loss. It hadn't been conducted to... It, that's conducive. It hadn't been conducive to mental health. He chewed the inside of his mouth for a while before asking tentatively, What was it what was it like for you before? Derek didn't seem to know how to respond, brows drawn together as he looked at the hand of cards in his grasp. None of us really realized how bad it was and where we lived. Styles offered voice low, soft in the intimate gloom. I was 14 and everyone kept saying it wouldn't happen where we were, not to us that they were making it sound worse than the, on the news than it was. Then it just was, it was worse. My dad came home and told me to pack all the food we had. It was surreal, you know? That day I'd been to school and played Call of Duty with Scott and then smooched, oh, smooched, and then mooched in front of the TV waiting for dad to come home like it was all normal. I was so naive. I said smooch, didn't I? It gets now. I've got this picture of Scott and, and Styles making out on the couch. <laughs> we should do a Scott and Styles one shot. Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe. All right, where were we? Eventually, Derek muttered, "We all were." Derek told him haughtily about how his family had reacted when the Alpha Pack outed their kind to the world. He told Styles about how his mother. A respected Alpha had fought against them. They tried to keep the peace and how most of his family had been lost in the riots as things got worse, trying to defend their town. But some of the humans had been afraid, had targeted the newly exposed Hale family with that fear and driven them out. There weren't many of us left then, Styles continued hoarsely. My mother took us to Beacon Hills where my uncle Peter was charge, was in charge of the nature reserve. Beacon Hills, Stiles chimed in, unable to stop himself at the sound of his own home on another's tongue. That's where I'm from. I know, said Derek dryly. Peter Hell, right? He had a daughter, Malia. I think she was the year below me in middle school. My dad used to work with Peter a lot when the kids snuck into the preserve to smoke pot or get drunk, or he he trailed off, eyes widening. Oh my God, Peter and Malia were werewolves? Derek's smile wasn't entirely soft, but it was definitely more than half amused, despite the gravity of the topic. Yes, most of my family were. Only most... Styles asked. Werewolves have been coexisting with the humans for longer than you've known, knowingly existed with us. A lot of my family was human. Their game had halted as they talked, though Derek had kept a firm grip on and focus on the cards in his hands, as if his life depended on the hand he'd been dealt. Hey, so I have a question. So uh -huh. most of his family were werewolves. Can you be born a werewolf in this universe, or do you have to have like received a bite uh you can be born a werewolf in this universe um but if you're born into a werewolf family you aren't necessarily a werewolf so it's almost like a 50 50 chance that you well, may not have the werewolf gene not really 50 50 there's just a chance that you won't be a werewolf okay i don't i don't know the exact statistics because it's fictional uh, yeah, <laughs> I need to know exact facts. But like, uh, they in like a lot of fan fictions, they talk about how, um, and they talk. I think they talk about this when they talk about the fire and Teen Wolf as well, about how there were humans in that house that were killed. They didn't just kill the werewolf part of the family. So, but yeah, if you're born. If you're born into a werewolf family, you can be, you can be a werewolf. If you don't, 
necessarily start uh, exhibiting werewolf tra uh, traits. traits. Like they talk about this in like season three where werewolf traits start to exhibit themselves around puberty. Okay. Okay, so you just don't know for a little while whether you're yeah. or not. Yeah. So even like if you were going to be a werewolf, if you're a kid, you're, like, you're still a human being, mm -hmm. you know? Even werewolves, they're human beings with a little extra, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, but, uh, where was I? Ding, 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 A sharp gust of wind rattled against the side of the tower, making the wood groan subtly. I say words so strangely. Styles cocked his head and heard the expected rattle of the aerial on the roof. Is that how you say that? Um, I heard the expected rattling of the aerial. Yeah. Okay. Styles cocked his head and heard the expected rattling of the aerial on the roof. He stared at the silent radio for a while, thinking how much things had changed in just a few days. He still wasn't entirely sure he wasn't dreaming. Although, if the dull pain still in his battered body was any indication, he was most definitely awake. Besides which, he wasn't sure even he had enough imagination to make up someone like Derek. So, your uncle took you in? Stiles asked after a while, when it seemed Derek had fallen prey to his memories. Mm-hmm, Derek muttered, setting his hands of cards down at last and reaching for the water they had brought up with the with them before settling in for the night. My mother, me, and my two sisters were all that was left of the pack. He took us in. It was something to hide behind, to focus on rather than an actual thirst, Styles thought. It wasn't long before things started to get worse, even in and out of the way town like Beacon Hills. Derek said, lifting his eyes to Styles at last, perhaps because of Styles' revelation earlier that he hadn't realized how bad it was until it was too late. Because they both knew how well Beacon Hills had done to survive as long as it had. Years after Styles had watched the Capitals fall on some of the last television broadcasts. I was 28 when those things came to town. It was chaos. They obliterated the deputies. They tried to keep them back. I made a beeline for the house, trying to get my mother, Peter, anyone for backup. But when I got there, style stiffened as a tendril of information stretched back through his mind. Just glimpses of his dad on his phone as both he and then 20, maybe 22-year-old Styles had packed frantically snatches of conversation he hadn't meant to hear. His, his dad saying, Fire down at the Hale House. Tried, but they're gone. They're all gone. Aw, oh, man, poor Derek. Slowly, uncertainly, Styled reached out to squeeze Derek's shoulder. To his surprise, Derek just looked right at him before dipping his chin to hide any visible emotion. Those things, they came out of the blazing house. I couldn't hear any heartbeats but I could smell that my family had been in there. I smelled sin's flesh and... Derek set his jaw, gritting his teeth, so Styles thought he could almost hear them creaking. They're like a plague. Whenever they turn up, death follows. Derek almost whispered darkly, the sound of it haunting in the dimness, sending a, sending a prickle of unease through Styles like that of his childhood self, watching horror movies around Scott's house. When Melissa was at work. Things? Styles asked, Tun swiping at his dry lips, though he thought this tight fear that was so familiar even even after all this time told him he knew exactly what Derek meant. They'd both seen the same nightmare, lived it. The bone men. Styles remembered Derek's expression now. When he heard Styles describe what had marred his face, it did it had been as shocked, haunted as Styles felt now at the thought of, of what those things were capable of. 
the realization that they had been what had ended everything. So Styles had been right. They did own the world now. I still dream about them, you know, Styles offered into the haunted silence. More than my dad or anything else, those things, they were. And the last one I saw a couple years ago just... He dragged his finger slowly over his, over the scar across his face. It was like when it touched me, it was like just death, like it marked me for it. And it's going to catch me, catch me up one day. Derek sat up straight and looked right at him. That's not going to happen, Derek said firmly, resolutely. Maybe it was the alpha in him that refused to lose someone it thought of as his charge. But Styles thought it was the statement of a man who refused to lose any more to the things that, his, that had torn his family from him. So we now know that Derek and Styles were in the same town at the same time and that at the, the same time that Styles was losing his dad, Derek was losing his family to the fire as the bone men. So I wonder if this is the fire maybe that started the camp or like throughout the town. I think it's involved, but like two separate fires, but they're this, it's the same event. Okay. Like the bone men are taking out the tent city as well as taking out Derek's family. So I think mm. it's the same event. So okay. they were both in the same place and they didn't know it. Yeah. Two ships passing. Yeah. During the quiet that followed, it became apparent that Derek wasn't going to move either, and Styles, feeling awkward and stillness in every sense of the word, declared, Go fish. Derek scowled. We aren't playing, goldfish. He complained, grumbled, really, but picked up his cards again, clearly grateful for Styles' attempt to diffuse tension, or at least he attempted to give them both a simple act to hide behind. A handful of games in, Styles bristled at the sound of the rigged wind chime alarms long established in the trees surrounding the clearing below. He jerked upright, snatching up his crossbow and making for the door. His steps were clumsy, a little tentative, both from his still tender ankle and from the sitting on the floor for so long. He fumbled for the floodlight he'd rigged to the wooden railing above around the balcony area outside and turned the sharp flare of lights to the trees below. All was still, the breeze dying momentarily, so not even the trees moved. Styles frowned, jerking the light along the tree line. The way he set the chimes, they would only sound if directly grabbed or brushed against. He didn't feel the tingle, the suggestion of otherworldly presence, but he'd never relied on a streak of luck he was mostly certain he imagined. If he felt Derek come to stand behind him, his approach slow, assessing. When Styles eventually tilted his gaze enough to catch Derek's expression, he saw crimson eyes focused on the pool of light below. Derek visibly sniffed, nostrils flaring. Then, seemingly without thinking, he reached out and covered Styles' hand that directed the top of the floodlight. Here, he murmured. He murmured almost inaudibly, the warm pressure of his hand guiding Styles and the light directly to the right. Do you see it? Derek's voice was close and soft, his hand still over Styles's, like it was nothing. Derek squinted, leaning forward against the ba balustrade? That's how I pronounce it. I'm not sure how to pronounce that. Uh, that's I don't even know what that means. Uh -huh. Balustrade? Oh, that makes sense. Balustrade. A railing supported by balusters. Like an okay. ornamental okay. parapet okay. on Let's a balcony start. or bridge. Okay. Let's start. And that you call them Derek anyway? Huh? You call them Derek? Yeah, I need to start over because I called them Derek. Styles squinted, leaning forward against the balustrade, wood creaking warningly with his weight. He just made out a large brown shape frozen, probably in shock of the light just inside the clearing. Uh, dear? Derek nodded, retracing his hand 
Well, retracting his hand. Mm, I'm, <laughs> I'm inventing in, intimate moments that aren't there. <laughs> I mean, we're in for a slow burn. I think we're both itching for a little heat. <laughs> yeah. Derek nodded, retracting his hand and leaning forward on his elbows over the wooden rail. Not at ease, but deep in thought, still close enough for Styles to feel the heat from his body. It was comfort even with the moonlight casting a haunting glow in the dark. I think my mom is laughing at me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping uh, Seven Drunken Nights plays. After a long moment, Styles shut off the light, but did not move otherwise. Head slightly inclined, staring unseeing at the where the deer probably still stood below, he, fur, he frowned. No, no animal have really ever gotten this close he said thoughtfully under his breath more to himself out of habit than to Derek. first the mountain lion now the deer nothing ever really came within the bounds of the tower other than a bird flying overhead now and then he assumed the generator put them off or maybe some radio signal or something Derek's pensive expression told him he had his own theory but he didn't seem up for sharing something is coming Derek said his voice low ominous with only the moonlight to illuminate his features he was staring out across the treetops as if they held the answer for what was to come and though his face was young and smooth and handsome his eyes looked like they have seen the worlds beyond the years horrors just like styles had encountered perhaps worse Something is making them flee this way. We shouldn't be here when it comes. Oh, yeah, that's a scary thought. When the animals are fleeing, when you start to see these coming your way, and you haven't in a while. Can we just uh, maybe uh, take a moment to realize that Zyle's thoughts were he's young, smooth, and handsome? I, girl, I completely <laughs> missed that. <laughs> I am focusing on the plot here. I mean, we're, we're reading this from Styles' point of view. Yeah. And he just said that though his face is young, smooth, and handsome, his words were beyond, his eyes were beyond his ears. Were beyond his ears. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's starting to feel attracted to this stranger who's maybe not so much a stranger, really. Yeah. I mean, they, they were in the same town. He knew Peter Hale. He yeah. knew Malia. Styles rested his arms on the balustrade in an unwinning mimic of Derek's position, turning his head to stare across the sea of trees, a thick mist settling across the treetops beyond as if this world of theirs were an island in an ocean of fog. It felt strange standing out there, out here on top of the world and not feeling alone. Even if the thought that his dad was actually out there, maybe staring up at the same sky, made his chest ache. When, when do we leave? He asked, throat feeling a little raw, his word churning out like they were laced with gravel. Out of his peripheral vision, he saw Derek tilt his head and turn his own just enough to meet those eyes that were red no longer, but still shining as they caught the moonlight all the same. A moment of understanding more than words could often seem to pass between them. Derek surveyed him like he was looking for something, assessing Styles in a far, far more pivotal way than just his physical well-being. We need to prepare what food we can to take with us. There might not be a lot on the road. I can. We can make some jerky. We can probably dry some of the greenhouse products, too. Derek nodded slowly. It was difficult still. This wasn't home, but it had been the only safety he'd known for so long. He chewed the inside of his cheek as he thought of the time he'd spent cultivating the food in the greenhouse and knew a moment of fear for the path ahead. Even if the safe little world here had been a lonely existence, even if it felt like it was becoming less safe, Derek gave him a look that wasn't quite a smile, 
like he knew what Styles was thinking and dipped his chin, as if embarrassed by the display of emotion, before returning his gaze to the treetops once more. Neither of them spoke or moved for a long time. Sleep that evening was fitful and full of dreams, of red eyes in the darkness. Somehow he knew that they were Derek's red eyes, his alpha eyes that were swallowed by the skull of a bone man and followed by a flash of talons like those of the mountain lion. They tore across his chest, opening him up until he just knew that everything that made him was spilling out until there was nothing left. He reached out fruitlessly, trying to cup the spray of blood that was his soul, moving fast and frantic as it slipped through his fingers, turning to ash as it fell. Whew! Oh my god, hyper little Nori. <laughs> Styles jerked awake, heart pounding, cold sweat soaking through his shirt, and he threw the blanket back without thinking, clasping his chest in a blind panic. He swallowed his frantic search for breath, studying as he all as he felt the tell-tell soreness of his injuries from the mountain lion, but not the blazing agony he dreamt of as his soul spilled like blood. Are you all right? The voice was soft and a little sleep drunk, but concerned nonetheless. Even so, Styles jumped, still not expecting a voice to call out in concern when he woke in a state, not after years of waking to no sound but the wind. His eyes flew to where Derek lay, pushed up on one elbow to look at him. Sorry I woke you, Styles mumbled, voice, ho voice hoarse. He scrubbed a hand across his forehead to wipe away the beads of sweat. It's fine, Derek offered, still mostly sounding half asleep. He seemed to consider Styles for a beat, as if he wanted to say something else. In the end, he settled on repeating uncertainly, Are you all right? Yeah, Styles sighed roughly, frustrated and tired. What else would he say? No, not really. I think I'm a bit broken. He wondered if the rumors that werewolves could smell a lie were true, because again, Derek looked as it looked. Derek looked as if he wanted to say something to that, but instead he turned slowly back into his borrowed sleeping bag. I mean, he's right. What could he really tell Derek? Because he's picturing his red alpha eyes and a bone man, so there's something that shook him at least a little bit to his core. Yeah. And knowing that all the bad things are coming. Yeah, and I'm glad that that like Derek isn't pushing him mm -hmm. like he knows that he's lying that he's not okay but he's not pushing him it's definitely that sign of um understanding between the two of them yeah because and Styles is like he understands that Derek is worried that but he needs to just kind of keep this to himself for now back to the broadcast Styles rubbed absently at his tender ankle, staring at the map nailed to the wall of the bed with the little pins in it, a line of red string linking them all to display his path across the country since he'd last seen Beacon Hills. The end of the string hung limply in a knotted ball from the last pin in Salvania, Salvada Forest. Looking at it now, at the sad, dusty, faded thread, he thought it looked like he'd given up now that he knew where there was something worth pressing on for. He squinted in the dim light at the names of the cities and towns, the miles and miles of road that lay between Salvada, Sal, Salvada, I really don't know how to pronounce that, I'm sorry. I think it's Salvada. Salvada? Salvada. Salvada. I think I'm you're pronouncing it good. Salvada. Salvada. I'm going to say Salvada forest and Aurelia Lake District. It seemed an impossible distance. He ran a finger over the nearest town. They'd have to hit a few towns for they'd have to hit a few towns for supplies where possible. The highways were mostly open, but the carnage from the riots and mis 
and precautionary methods from the army had blocked it in in places. He had no idea what type of car Derek has, or if he could cope with certain terrains. Okay, so th we didn't know what type of car Derek had. He just said, "Yeah, it was just a car that yeah. really thought died, but I guess not." No, his car didn't die. He just left it because of the like, trees. Yeah, the trees became too dense for him to drive. Okay, he had no idea what type of car Derek had, or if he could even cope with certain terrain. He still had some pencils in the drawer under the neglected radio. He'd have to try and plot their path. Long after his hand had fallen away, stopped tracing the possible paths up the country to where his dad would be, long since he'd stopped rubbing absentmindedly at his tender ankle, he realized that Derek's breathing had evened out and turned his head to look at him. What he saw was not Derek's asleep on the worn sleeping bag, but a large black wolf curled up on top of it tail swept across his nose where it rested on his front paws. Oh, wait, he sounds like a cute little puppy dog with, like, your little, it's, your little it's, paws. It's a he's, large black wolf. He's a very large black wolf, but I'm also picturing a sweet little cuddly dog. Everything in style stilled. He'd never seen a werewolf this close, especially not one at rest, and, only, and the only other time he'd seen Derek in this form, he hadn't had time to look. Looking at him now, he realized that Derek had probably avoided wearing this shape since their initial meeting. Whether it was because of the nature of that first encounter or Derek's general experience with humans seeing him as a wolf, it was hard to tell. He must have gotten on well with the humans of the settlement if he was trusted with their medical, medical care, but his family had been driven out of their home just for being werewolves, hadn't they? That kind of occurrence had to leave a mark. Even after all he'd seen, it was still hard to believe that this wolf was the same man. He, uh, Sorry, I lost where I was, so I have to start over on that sentence. That's okay. Even after all he'd seen, it was still hard to believe that this wolf was the same man he shared milled his space with for the last few days. But that disbelief didn't come hand in hand with repulsion. A little instinctive apprehension, maybe born of ignorance, ignorance, but not hatred. Slowly, unable to curb the impulse to, of, to, slowly, unable to curb the impulse to curiosity, he slipped off the bed and crept silently on the balls of his feet. Slowly, he lowered himself to the wolf's side and reached out before he could think better of it. But as he did so, Derek's pale, complicated green eyes cracked open in the wolf's face. Styles froze, but Derek didn't jump in shock to see him so close or growl in warning. He just lifted his head, watching. It was as if he it was it was as if he wanted to see what Styles would do before deciding how to react. Do you do you usually shift while you sleep? Styles asked, unable to keep the ripple of awe from nipping at the edge of his voice. He hadn't seen Derek this way, but. That didn't mean Derek hadn't shifted while they both slept. Derek shook his head slightly, a gesture of understanding that made a little burst of breath. Almost a laugh pulled from Styles' Stiles's chest. He nodded with a small smile, holding Derek's gaze as it perused him uncertainly. Holding his breath, Styles stretched out his hand, letting it reach out, almost as if its own violation on its on its original path to touch the black fur. There was a moment of doubt whether neither of them were, there was a moment of doubt where neither of them knew what would happen. Then Derek stretched his neck subtly, just touching the tip of his nose to Stiles' palm. It was cold and damp. Stiles' lip twitched at the feel of it, at the relief of the display of trust. That and the implication that Styles could approach the wolf without fear in spite of all that had happened, without prejudice or judgment. Derek stared at him a beat longer before laying his head back down and closing his eyes, even if he didn't actually sleep until Styles was back in bed and under his own blanket. It was still more trust than either of them thought they had, they had left to give. That's a big step for them. It's, I think that's a big, big step. For Derek so we let Styles earlier 
allowed himself to be a little vulnerable in like nude ish in the water taking a bath i mean that's a big step to be in a vulnerable position when he knows somebody else is around i mean i think derek he thought derek thought that he was still back at the radio tower but still i mean and then for derek to transition and to shift into his wolf form i don't know is that i mean would you see that as a form of trust i do i mean he's vulnerable but it he's also in his strongest form yeah. Um, it's a sign of, let's see, the fact that Styles would take a, sh- a bath, not really a shower, a bath, and be naked and vulnerable is a sign of trust, even if he hadn't realized it yet. The fact that when he was pointing the crossbow at out, out into the woods and he just let Derek guide his hand, and oh, that's a big step. Yeah. Derek shifting while he's sleeping, that that's a step that he trusts Derek not to attack, despite knowing that, uh, not Derek, he trusts Styles not to attack, despite knowing that Styles, I keep saying that wrong. He trusts that Styles will not attack him. Derek does, because he knows that Styles does not like werewolves whenever he arrived. The fact that he was willing to shift into the wolf form shows that he knows that that trust is shifting. Do we know why he shifted? I think he's just more comfortable as a wolf. Okay. Because it's like really, he's sleeping basically on a wooden floor in a mm-hmm. in a sleeping bag. So I think it's just more comfortable. For him as a wolf. That makes sense. Yeah. So, and then like for Styles to go to try to touch the wolf, and then the wolf accepting the touch is a big, big step. That is a big, a lot of trust on both parts. Yeah. Both parts. I mean, for Styles to reach out and trust that he's not going to be bitten or attacked. And then for Derek to just accept it. Yeah. So we are to a point of like mutual trust, but still having like, apprehension but you know and that's that is where we end chapter two so for chapter three are we i don't want you to give too much away because i want to be surprised and I'm, i'm in it for the ride but in chapter three will we start to see them begin their movement to the safe haven oh that's not oh that 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 so this this was episode four right oh no this was no, this was episode five we just report we just did. Yeah. So we're doing episode six next week. And yeah, chapter three will start to see movement away from the tower. Okay. That's all I'm gonna say, because there's a lot going not, on in chapter Yeah, three. I don't want you to give too much away, but I'm I'm wondering because they we obviously know they have preparations to make before they hit the road. Yeah. So um, you know, eventually they're going to leave. Yeah. And chapter three will be separated into two parts. I talked to you, I texted you about this the other day. Chapter four is when we start to get really, really long chapters. So chapter four will have to be separated into three parts. And I think uh, after we finish chapter four, we're going to be into episode 10. We should probably take like a two week break, regroup. Sounds good. So, and this episode, uh, which is episode five, will be released right before Halloween on October 29th. Am am I correct on that? The 28th. The 28th? Okay. So, we wanted to also announce that uh, on Halloween, we will be releasing a special bonus episode where we read a Halloween Teen Wolf one-shot. We haven't chosen that one-shot yet, but that will be bonus content that we release on Halloween night. Are you excited for that, Jess? I am excited. It is my turn to... Okay, yeah, I'm excited. I get to pick the story this time to bring to Johnny, and I've been looking through Halloween-esque stories. I have a couple good ones, so I'm looking forward to Halloween. Also, it's my favorite holiday. 
So, yay. It is my favorite holiday, too. I am looking forward to you reading to me this time. So, yeah. that that is our special announcement for tonight. That for Halloween, y'all will get an ec- uh, extra special bonus episode. Yep, 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 yep. All right, everybody. Thank you for joining us on this chaotic Thursday, and uh, we'll see you next week. Yeah, we'll see you next chaotic Thursday. Thank you for joining us on our journey today. We love any reviews, stars, downloads, and subscriptions. Thank you for listening to the Ships of Chaos. We will see you next chaotic Thursday.